whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 82. 82 episodes, guys. I tell you every single time, thank you so much for the support and that you've continued to put on this show. We are close to 6,000 total listeners. It's crazy. It's insane. And today, I have another special guest joining us. His name's Brevin Galloway. He is a Clemson guard basketball transfer. He's coming back home to Anderson, to Clemson, South Carolina, ready to make an impact. We're excited for the juice, the swagger. Brevin, welcome to the show, man. What's up, man? I'm excited to be here, man. Can't wait to be back home. Can't wait to get used to that Southern hospitality again. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So as I always ask with all of whether we're talking to writers, whether we're talking to players, I always am curious, how did you get your start, Brevin, with basketball? Was there an influential figure in your life or was there somebody that kind of put you along that path and said, hey, maybe you can do something with this? Walk us through that start of that process and just where was everything, what happened to make everything click? It's wild because, you know, obviously my brother played football for Clemson, but we grew up, you know, in a basketball dominant household. Uh, my mom played at a high level in high school and college. She actually played volleyball in college, but my dad broke multiple records at Lander University um, in Greenwood, South Carolina. So, you know, we grew up in a very athletic family, kind of basketball was instilled in us at a young age. Um, so that's kind of all we knew going, you know, throughout our life was just, we're going to be athletic family. We're going to play hard. We're going to compete and, uh, just hoop. So I kind of, it was kind of just instilled, instilled in us at a young age and kind of just kept it going from there. Yeah. It sounds like it's just like the, the, the family too. I, when I realized you committed to Clemson, I was like, wait, I, I think I've seen a Galloway on around Clemson before. So I was like, oh shoot, we got another one. Let's go. So I want you to talk about your recruitment process. We're going to obviously get into the decision to attend Clemson next year but I want to talk about your decisions that led to CFC and Boston College respectively how was that recruitment process for basketball I feel it's a little different because there's AAU camps you can go to there's really a different way and a different style you can basically it's the portfolio how you show yourself off and it's a really unique process could you walk the audience through that so coming out of high school um I really wasn't recruited at a high level um uh, I really didn't play. I played on the good AAU team, but in terms of my recruitment and stuff like that, I really didn't take off. So I really didn't have the most offers or, you know, stuff that I obviously wanted. Um, so obviously Coach Grant was an assistant coach at Clemson. He started recruiting me there. Um, so then after that, he went to, he got the job at College of Charleston and I wanted to play for him. So I followed him there. Um, obviously spent a good five years there. I enjoyed myself there. I tore my ACL my senior year, which was going to be like my breakout year. Um, so then obviously he went, he took the job at Boston College. So I ended up following him to Boston College um, just because I wanted to be with somebody that I could trust for my last year. You know, I just came off of a big time injury. I wanted to be with somebody that I could trust. And obviously playing in the ACC at the highest level is a opportunity you can't turn down. Um, so with that being said, that's pretty much how I got to this spot. And then, you know, to be a Clemson Tiger is crazy. You know, obviously doing what I did there this past year, hitting the game winner and, you know, coming back from the, I wanted to say the largest deficits in the past 10 years in the ACC. So to be able to come home, do that, and now to be able to be a Tiger is kind of full circle. Uh, so it's crazy, man. So it's been a wild story, but I can't wait to see how it ends. Yeah, man, it's absolutely insane how things how things come full circle, like you mentioned. So I would like to ask, what kind of advice would you give to a high school that maybe was in your position? They're right now trying to decide what school is the right fit for me, even if they're not like wanting to go play professionally or wanting to do something like that. It's always about right fit, and so that balance is sometimes hard to find. So what would you give, what advice would you give Brevin to any high schooler that's potentially trying to decide right now? And they're watching this podcast and are like, man, what is Brevin, what kind of advice does he have for me? Well, first thing is first, Gore, you can be yourself. Um, I feel like that's very, very critical. Uh, obviously for me, being the individual that I am, I'm very outspoken, very social, um, very outgoing. So I don't want to go somewhere where I feel like I have to, 
you know, going to a shell. Like I want to be able to go somewhere where I can be myself and everybody accepts me for who I am. So that's rule number one for me. Second thing is I have to go somewhere where I'm going to be happy. Um, that was the biggest thing when I chose Clemson. Like, I mean, obviously home is where the heart is. And I, I know for a fact, my first day on campus, walking around, I'm just going to be smiling the whole time, happy, excited, just full of life, uh, just because I want to be there. And obviously the people want me there, the coaches want me there. So you got to go where you're needed. You got to go where you can be yourself. And then you got to go where you're happy at the end of the day. So those are the three things that I would uh, really, really lock in on whenever it comes to picking a decision, just because at the end of the day, if you're not needed, then you probably won't play. And if you're not happy, then you're obviously not going to be satisfied with your whole college experience. So with that being said, I would just say those three things to younger guys. Yeah, obviously. How, doing something like a lot of people say, if you're happy with what you're doing, it's not necessarily a job or a chore. It feels like you're going to do something that you enjoy every day. So it's really exciting to hear that, especially bringing that energy to Clemson. So something that was really impressive to me when I started doing research for this interview was that you how you fit the mold of what Clemson basketball is all about. Solid guard, plays defense, and you were on the CAA all-defensive team. You were just a threat, man. So I just want you to walk through that, how you play your game, what's your style like, and what it really meant to you to be mentioned on an all-defensive team in a conference. That year pissed me off because I was top <laughs> 10. I was top 10 in steals defensively in the country, and they didn't give me defensive player of the year. So I was really, really upset about that. I think I averaged like 2.2 a game, I believe. I was like top 10 or top 15. So that that year pissed me off, which is another reason why I'm excited to play and prove myself on the defensive end this year, because obviously I was hurt this past year. So I kind of was just trying to get through the year and the season. But this year I'm like making it a focus to be locked in on the defensive end and really show that I can guard at a high level. So, um, you know, defense is something that Coach Brownell preaches, something that Coach Grant preaches. Coach Grant obviously stemmed from Brownell. So it's, it's still in the same family, which is why I was so familiar and comfortable with coming back home. Um, not obviously was Clemson home, but like I'm familiar with the staff and the people there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I was, I'm ready to play the ACC level, be healthy finally, and, you know, be home. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's that revenge tour. We're going to be, we're going to be ready for it. Little John will be popping off. We'll be ready to go. The energy will be insane. So let's talk about that decision. Now you mentioned it briefly at the beginning of this interview, but it was really just now, honestly, personally speaking as a Clemson fan, seeing you pick us over USC brought me so much joy. It was just, I was like, ah, this is great. But let's talk about that decision. What led to it? What were the factors? Was it Brownell? Was it the, the culture here? Was it the campus life? What, what, what led to this decision to choose Clemson over USC or UFSC? Because I know there's someone out there that'll probably correct me about it. But what, what led to that decision? Honestly, man, we played, we played at Clemson. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm on Boston College. So this is my whole perspective. So obviously, it's a Saturday night game. Um, I'm coming back home. We're playing at Clemson. Uh, obviously, Boston College isn't a well-respected team in the ACC. We're not known. We don't really draw crowds like that. So for me to come back home, play versus Clemson, this is Saturday night, 60 minutes on the clock. We haven't even stretched. To so walk out there and see, you know, the gym kind of filled up with energy, student section kind of wild, talking talking a whole bunch of shit. Like, I'm like, okay, okay, I like this. I like Clemson. I forgot how Clemson felt. Uh, so, like, just that excitement, like, that life that the students bring, just the fans have. Like, obviously, Clemson has diehard fans. I've never been a part of a campus that has, like, extremely diehards. Um, and, obviously, my brother played there, so I understand how they treated him. Like, and this, that orange and purple is just crazy. Like, I know my skin going to look good in it. Like, I'm going to be out there feeling good and confident. So, I'm really, really excited for it. But, yeah, just to be close to home. Obviously, I had a great relationship with Coach Brownell. I've been going to his camp since I was 11 or 12 years old. So, kind of – it's kind of just been in the family the whole time. Like, and then one of the assistants, you know, Antonio Reynolds Dean, he just took the job at Georgia. Him and my mom just got engaged. So like, 
I've been, you know, pretty much Clemson has just been in the family the whole time. Like, it was just only a matter of time before I was able to be a Tiger. So, uh, it, you know, I'm happy it happened that when it did. Yeah, man, it's really great to hear because I, I remember when I went to the Clemson-Duke game and just the energy that little John brought. I personally don't go to enough Clemson basketball games, but this year, especially now that we have this connection, I'm going to be out there rooting for you, man. And hopefully little John popping off, is popping off every single game, that energy and that confidence that we'll bring. This is a year that we're going to turn it around for sure. Um, I do have a question for you. Are you ready for the games in Death Valley, man? You're talking about energy. Are you ready for it? It's just like I get chill bumps thinking about it. Obviously, I grew up there. My brother played there. So I remember like his first game. I remember going to a spring game and like just seeing everything, seeing the orange, the white, the colors, just the fans, like how crazy the fans were. So it's just like that love and yeah, I remember him after the game, like I went on the field and, you know, seeing him sign all the autographs for the kids, like that's just something you live for. Like I love kids. I love being able to interact with people, socialize, talk to people, connect. So like being able to do that, you know, at Clemson, at home where I'm from is going to be, it's going to be a, a crazy experience for me. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be, it's just going to be ridiculously insane. Next year's going to be so much fun, man. We cannot wait for you to get to your on campus. Um, so walk us through, you mentioned how coach Brownell, you've been in contact with him. You've been going to those camps. Um, what was it like to make it things official pretty much? And how was what his style means to you as a coach? It's tough basketball. You play hard, full court press, all that good stuff. The Clemson did that grit, as we put it, on their T-shirts and stuff like that. Walk us through your time with him and what it means to now officially start to work with him and work towards this new season. So um, you're talking about Brownell, right? Yes. Sorry, that guy interrupted me real quick. I got, I got. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so me and Brownell, obviously – I have a great relationship with Coach Grant. So that's pretty much where it stemmed from. Coach Brownell, I talked to him a good bit coming out of high school whenever he was recruiting me, whenever Coach Grant was recruiting me. So obviously we had a we had a foundation built. Um, and then obviously me being great with Coach Grant and obviously he was well connected with Coach Grant. So it kind of, it was all in the same circle. So I never really had to worry about the relationship part of it because I always kind of felt like I was, you know, we were familiar with each other. We kind of knew what to expect out of each other, this and that. So once I entered the portal, I mean, I was excited. I mean, he was the first coach I talked to when I entered the portal. Like, I, we talked on the phone five minutes after I entered the portal. Um, I wanted to get on the phone call with him ASAP, let him know how I felt. Um, you know, we were able to really, like, just talk about, you know, the whole season, you know, what he expected out of me. I, I pretty much told him, I was like, I'm dying to be a Tiger. Like, I'm, I want to be a Clemson Tiger. Like, when, when can we make it happen? Um, so, yeah, obviously, two weeks had to go by. I had to wait to get cleared by the NCAA um, because, obviously, I had to get a medical red shirt approved. Uh, but, yeah, so once we got cleared, I, I – I remember calling them ASAP and be like, yo, I'm clear. I'm ready to be a Tiger. And uh, so, you know, the whole process has been beautiful. I've talked to him maybe like three, four times a week. We talked for like 15 to 25 minutes just about like the season, the guys coming back, like what to expect. Um, and just kind of get just a better feel for each other. So the relationship is definitely going there. And then in terms of me and how my style of play is, um, it's funny that you mentioned Clemson grit because Coach Grant's little mantra here is gritty, not pretty. So it's crazy. They kind of have the same little – principles and uh in their terms of teaching so they're similar in terms of defensive and offensive principles they kind of give their guys freedom on offense and defensively obviously we want to keep guys under a certain amount of points so I feel like I'm gonna be able to be a perfect fit obviously this is gonna be the healthiest I've been on my whole career um so I'm excited to be a Clemson Tiger and finish it the right way yeah man something that really excites me is how your game's going to be able to complement somebody that really took a significant step next this season in PJ Hall I'm really excited to see that. have you had time to talk with him yet and how that potentially is going to grow as the season progresses? It's, it's crazy because me and PJ, obviously we played in the same AAU organization. He played with Upper Stars and I did too. So it's funny because like 
we never really talked like that because obviously I'm a lot older than he is, but like we've obviously DM'd each other on Instagram. I, I got his number as soon as I was hoping to be a Clemson Tiger. And I was just like, bro, if we can make this work, bro, it's going to be scary. Like nobody's going to be able to double team you. You're going to have me, Chase Hunter, Hemingway. And obviously we got a whole bunch of younger guys coming in, but like me, Chase Hunter, Hemingway, um, Hunter Tyson, like PJ Hall. It's just like, bro, our, it's going to be, we're going to be loaded at, at each. We're going to be dangerous. Like everybody's going to be able to be a scoring threat. Um, and then we're going to have guys that are come, be able to come in and be able to accept their role and be able to lock in and do that. So I feel like the sky's the limit for us. But yeah, I, feel, I told PJ, I said, nobody's going to be able to double team you anymore, bro. Cause I'm going to be on your side and we're going to make it easier. I, either I'm going to be open or you're going to be open. It's one or the other. So We'll, we'll be able to make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. I love the confidence, the energy, You're making me want to like, I want to see a game now. I want to see how it all works out. It's super exciting stuff. So with being at Clemson, you mentioned the uh, ACC and the level of competition that you're going to get to play. It's the best of the best. We have teams like Duke, UNC, FSU, Clemson, obviously they're always a tough out. I think that for the ACC, it's the best basketball conference. I'm very confident in saying that. So how excited are you for this challenge to be able to consistently play in the ACC for another year and get that chance to take cracks at teams like Duke and not no longer Coach K, but those names still hold a lot of value to them? Right. So, you know, my biggest thing was this past year, I want to say in conference, I think I averaged close to 10 points, but I was playing on one leg. Like I, I didn't practice all year. Like I did not practice one time all year because I had surgery in December. I had steroid shots. I had to get my knee drained after every game. So, you know, I was just trying to just make it through the year. I was just like, I'm going through a lot, just trying to make it through each game. So with that being said, knowing like the hell that I went through this past year and I was still able to be effective and have an impact, I am more than 100% confident that I'm going to be able to be crazy this year, you know, on both ends of the court in terms of what I'm bringing to the table, just because, you know, I've went through, I played this past year, like, at the Clemson game in particular, like I didn't practice for two weeks before that game. So like to be able to come in there back home and to be able to do what I did, like I'm more than confident in my abilities and I'm more than capable of, you know, being an elite player at the ACC level. So to be able to have a chance to beat Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, like the big teams, the powerhouses, like that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to doing. Yeah. And guys, something that really just strikes me about this interview with Brevin is the confidence and the swagger that it's going to bring to this Clemson basketball team. Brevin, what are your goals for this 2022-2023 season? What are you looking forward to most? What is something that you have on your mind? Maybe it's a number, maybe it's a specific like goal, maybe it's ACC championship, March Madness. What are those goals that you want to have set out and want to obviously accomplish? So individually, obviously, I want to be on the all-ACC team. Um, you know, I'm really, really tired of people disrespecting me, and I feel like this is my time, this is my year to earn that respect. Um, so that's all I'm thinking about individually. Like I'm trying to prove people wrong, prove myself right. Um, so yeah, I want to be on the all ACC team and obviously, you know, have a good year individually. Um, but team wise, that's really what I'm focused on because I'm excited to come in, help a good group of guys. Like obviously the guys are great people, have a great level of character. Um, so like, I'm just really excited to be able to just get with a great group of guys, um, be able to win a tournament. Uh, I really want to make the big dance. That's me and Brownell. We emphasize that. Like, obviously the big dance is what our thing is like, it's either that or a bus for us. So, and obviously this is my last year. So the sense of urgency is definitely there. And, you know, the last, the last in my time at Boston College in the ACC tournament, those three games we played, I had a tough year, but those three games kind of gave me that love of basketball back, like that March Madness feeling. So all year long, like in the summer, the fall, the preseason workouts, like that's all I'm going to be thinking about, that feeling of getting back to March Madness and being a part of the tournament. So, um, so that's definitely the team goal we're trying to do. Yeah, nothing certainly beats March Madness. And those are certainly goals that, like Clemson fans, we really want to see. We want to see it happen. And we're really confident that this group of guys is the team that can do it. 
So really yeah. looking forward to that and seeing how it plays out. So Brevin, you and you and uh, Brain Gallo, you and your brother have a presence in the NIL, and you guys have really taken advantage of that. Walk us through how that's been, and if there's any opportunities or deals that you want to share with the audience to potentially advertise, feel free to do so. This is the place for you to pretty much say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm planning on advertising. This is uh, this is your just go right ahead, man." <laughs> All right, man. So the biggest thing was obviously the NIL stuff happened. I think I believe the rule was passed June or July first. I can't remember exactly, but obviously that was a game changer for college athletics and student athletes um, around the country, just because you know we can profit off our name, image, and likeness. So I was extremely excited. You know, me and my brother pretty much talked about it before. We kind of knew um, that it was leaning in that direction that we'd be able to profit off our name. So you know, we had those talks, we had those conversations about like you know you know, what are the best opportunities for us? What are the best business opportunities, business ventures, that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, I ended up having a very, very, very successful year with NIL. And I'm really excited to have another year. Obviously me coming back home, I feel like it, it boosts my worth up a little bit more in terms of around the local area. Um, me being up in Boston, I, I was unfamiliar up here, like, and I was hurt. I really didn't, didn't have a, you know, good season stat wise basketball on the court. So me being able to come back home, um, hopefully I can increase a lot of, in opportunities and hopefully get a lot of money this year. So I'm, ho- I'm really excited for it. But this past year, I was able to, you know, partner with, uh, I had to deal with Mercedes, Insomnia Cookies, um, Shop Gold, um, Crocs. Uh, I have my own slides with iSlide. It's a company out of Boston. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had a great year in terms of, you know, the stuff I was able to do, the connections I was able to meet. I had some stuff with New Balance too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy year in terms of NIL deals and opportunities. Yeah, man. So just anybody that, that I'm going to bring back the advice question yet again to anybody that's a college freshman that's going through this, because you obviously you're you, you've been on this rodeo before you've had experience dealing with this, but it can be a lot for potentially an incoming freshman collegiate athlete having a lot of deals. So how do I manage this? So what advice would you give to a student athlete that's trying to balance this and this new NIL? They want to be able to just they want they have these they see the opportunity, they want to be able to seize it and make the uh, name, image, and the likeness benefit themselves. What would you say to a student athlete that's trying to find that balance? It's definitely easier said than done, but I would definitely suggest getting an agent. Um, obviously, it's, it's a tricky kind of tough thing to say because it's obviously you have to trust people and you have to hope that people have your best interest. But I have been fortunate enough to find a great agent, somebody that I love to death and somebody that I've been able to work with. And I actually, I actually have two agents. One's my childhood friend and then one's a guy that I met this past year. So the agent definitely has helped me out because I don't have to really focus about anything. They, they bring deals to me and I pretty much just accept them if I want them. And I say, no, if I don't. So I really don't have to go out and find deals. They kind of just fall in my lap and then I can just, I'll text my agent and be like, yeah, I want to do this one or I don't want to do this one. So I really haven't had to stress about it. Most of the time I'm just signing a contract. He'll let me know what I have to do. And then I'll just end up posting it. So I really haven't had to stress or really harp about the opportunities coming my way. It kind of just happened, but I would definitely suggest getting an agent because that eliminates a lot of the stress off you. Yeah, it makes it sure. So it's not all on you. You get a guy that can really be that middleman that says, hey, and obviously finding the right balance of someone you can trust too is certainly very important. So Revin, to wrap this up, thank you once again for doing this, but we're going to do a couple rapid fire questions, just something we like to do to end the show. So I'm just going to start. What was your favorite place that you've played in? Could it be a potential stadium? Could it be a team? So what was that experience like for you? Because playing collegiate athletes, you have the experience to be able to play a lot of different teams of variety. So what was a team or a place that was really memorable in your mind? Wichita State was definitely very, very, very memorable. Um, we played there my redshirt freshman year, and I just remember, like, pretty much similar situation to Clemson in terms of the fans being there, but the whole arena was packed, like, 45 minutes with left on the clock. 
So, you know, warming up with a whole a sold out arena was crazy. And then once the game started, you know, the atmosphere was insane. So um, that was definitely one of the most memorable experiences. Yeah. Wichita State basketball doesn't play around. They're uh, they're they're yeah. that's a loyal that's a loyal community right there. That is that is for sure. So do you have a personal highlight or play that, and obviously on our Instagram, our social medias, we've definitely advertised this as if there's a, maybe a personal highlight of play, maybe you cross somebody up. Maybe there was somebody where you had the bench, somebody fell over. They're like, Oh my gosh. So like just things super crazy. So is there a play that was pretty memorable to you? Similar to like Wichita state. That it's funny that you say that the only two memorable shots I have are against Clemson. Oh. It's, so, it's so funny that that's that, that, that was a question because like, honestly, when I look back at my career, I've had big shots. I've had big moments, but like nothing is ever going to top the last two threes I hit at Clemson. I think I hit one from a tiger paw and then I hit obviously the game, the game winner, the go ahead bucket. So those were the two most memorable shots I had just because like throughout the whole game, I was limping, you know, I was, I didn't like, I was taking medicine at halftime, like really trying to get through the game and to be able to end it in that fashion was, that was wild. So those are definitely the most two memorable shots I remember. Well, sounds like you're comfortable in little John. So we're looking forward to uh, the, the next, this basketball season for sure. All right. Definitely. So Revin, the NBA playoffs are here, and I always want to ask, what's your NBA finals pick? For me, it's the Celtics and the Warriors coming out of each conference, respectively. I think Boston, what they're doing with their defense is unparalleled, and they get a little bit of a break with Chris Middleton not playing for the, against the Bucs. And then mm-hmm. the Warriors, the Warriors are insane right now. That death lineup is something that is just terrifying, and they're going to roll through. I think they're going to roll through pretty much every team in that conference. Not definitely. I'm. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to agree with you. Um, I really did not know Middleton was not playing. If Middleton was playing, I was going to go with the Bucks. But with that being said, I'm gonna agree with you. It's gonna be Celtics and Warriors. Warriors in six, though. Oh. Warriors. Oh. Warriors, because the Warriors, the Celtics can guard, but I don't know because KD is a lot different than guarding Jordan Poole and Curry and Clay. Yeah. KD is a lot more Curry and then move too much. It's going to be a challenge. And I, Brevin, this is, I'm going to reveal something to you. I'm a big, I'm a Boston Celtics fan. This is this big time for me. I'm, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. We just beat the Nets and the team that everyone was picking against us. I was like, you know what? If we can beat the Nets, we can beat anybody. So I'm excited to see how this progresses. So, uh, all right. So last question, I'm going to, I'm your guy that exudes confidence. So I'm really looking forward to this answer. Clemson wins the ACC and why? We win the ACC just because of the family atmosphere we're going to have. I feel like at least from what I envision for our team, we're going to be a great group of guys that love each other. And I feel like that's the biggest part of winning. Uh, when you have a winning culture, you have guys that really love each other because at the end of the day, like you have a coach, you have a staff, but at the end of the day, like if I'm looking at PJ Hall and I'm like, that's my brother, I love him to death, I'm going to end up fighting for him regardless. So I feel like that's at the end of the day, that's what's going to make us win. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic answer. And I'm looking forward to seeing that come to fruition. I'm really pumped for this thing. Revan, thank you so much for uh, joining us for this podcast. Do you have any last words before we wrap up? I do not, man. I'm excited to be a Tiger. Can't wait to get home. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Guys, that was the Man with the Plan podcast with new Clemson transfer guard, Revan Galloway. We're super excited to have you in Tiger Town, man. And that was episode 82 of the Man with the Plan podcast. Guys, subscribe for more content like this and more interviews. Follow our TikTok and Instagram as we'll be posting highlights from this interview and much more. Guys, thank you as always. Have a fantastic week or whenever you're listening. And as always, take care.